Welcome, sports fans, to the latest SNM production of the Sunday Night Sports Nerd Show. It is the most absurd 90 minutes of anything goes smack talk and a whole lot more. Every Sunday night, the sports nerd joins forces with three charismatic co-hosts who are a select group of sports nerds with attitude, better known in Nerd Nation as the Rampant. We are four of the most loudmouth smack-talking nerds around, coming at you with some sick rips and rants, which may be just enough to make you pee your pants. So listen up, Nerd Nation. Let's rise and welcome the legend himself. He is the founder, he is the host, and he is the star of the Sports Nerd Show. Coming to you live, straight out of Lakeland, Florida, Scott, the Sports Nerd. What's going on, everybody? How you doing? Uh, Sunday edition again of the Sports Nerds. Uh, Joining us tonight are my usual co-hosts, Mr. Elliot Biggie Lama, Mr. John G. Olson, and our special guest, for the first part of the show is going to be Mr. Derek Laughlin uh, going over the seven rounds of the NFL draft, uh, winners, losers, and his outlook and our feelings and our observations. Um, Derek, again, thank you very much for joining us once again. We had a great time Thursday night, all four hours of it, and I was worthless all day Friday. Oh, I didn't know God, what was dude. going on, what day it was, let, or who I was. Let me, I hold still on. went to the gym. I still this, went to this, the this, gym. This, this is just like this is what I heard before we even went live. Like yes, I heard, no, no. oh, like my old man bones were so tired <laughs> on Friday. <laughs> I couldn't do. It. Well, Elliot, I, no, Elliot went to the gym. Elliot was I good. Still went to the gym. At I know Elliot kicked right. butt and kicked <laughs> names, but this guy up here on top of me, oh, I was so tired. He was, he was in the coal mine all Thursday night. <laughs> it was like the longest time. I usually go to bed at like 5.53 p.m. every night. Oh, uh, worst is, is that I, I went to the gym. I gave a girl I give a ride to every day that I've been giving a ride normal, to. Your normal, work, your, normal, your normal Uber in the morning, yes. Yeah, my no, more normal Uber ride in the morning. Went back to the gym. And then went to get my IV antibiotic therapy uh, later that morning. So, and then I was worthless the rest of the day. <laughs> there you go. So, you know, you know, us old guys can't take it. and take too much of that. Dude, you're, what are you, 55 going on 95? Like, yeah, what? something like, like that, yeah. Oh, dear. it's like, ah, oh, you're killing me. Like, I'm going to get up there in age and I'm just going to be like, oh, my, I don't want to turn out like Scott. Like, yeah, <laughs> And if I was a draft and you're months, useless for three days. I know, right? <laughs> six months ago, I would have sounded just like Scott. Yes, you would. Yeah, but no. see, you're you're uh, you you deserve a heart, man. You deserve a heart because you're you're kicking butt taking names. Scott, on the other hand, <laughs> don't know he's what he's taking doing. names. He's just taking names, yeah. Uh, what are you gonna do? You never know. Hey, before we get started on the football stuff, I just I just wanted to throw this out there. Um Outside of one championship that he coached, Doc Rivers is a worthless coach. Okay. Really? Yeah. Because Joel Embiid is suffering an orbital break in his eye. Right. Yeah, he's out for at least because the first he was in the, the series. He right? was in a ball game. He kept them in a ball game where they were up by 30 points yeah. with three minutes left in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Your MVP. Why? Why is he still in the game? 
That's a very good point. And that was brought up as well on, on, on sports channels and, and ESPN and all that. They were wondering what the hell is he doing still in the freaking game when you're up this all is these why points. Doc Rivers has always been a mediocre coach, in my opinion. Mediocre. He's got a lot of bad playoff collapses, too, where they've been up 3-1, 3-2 yeah. in series. And, and, yeah, he's got one title. He was on that top 15 coaches of all time. And uh, on the one hand, he's got over 1,000 wins, and he does have an NBA title. I, I mean, it's I like Lenny You're in a closeout game. You're about to face the number one seed in the East. And you got your MVP center in the game with a 30-point lead and three minutes left in the fourth quarter? Yeah. Come on now. Any one of us could have coached that scenario and had the lead sitting probably the entire fourth quarter. What have you said about Lenny Watkins, John? Lenny Wilkins. Lenny Same Wilkins. Thing. Lenny Wilkins is the, the winningest coach in NBA history, and he's also got the most losses in NBA history. So it's like yeah. Yeah, it's it's like uh, Jameis Winston. Oh, yeah. throw the long, the long time Cavaliers coach. Yes, yes, I know. I know who you're talking about. Yes, you're right. Yeah. I just see Jameis Winston throw another interception in some crazy ass football indoor football league thing that he was playing. Jameis Winston, really? Yeah, he was playing in some. I don't know. Is some pickup game somewhere. Some league. What? I probably one of those fan. The dude Man. just didn't he just sign with the, the yeah team? and he threw, he threw a pick six dude <laughs> he's you sure you, were, you sure you weren't watching a Buccaneers game on no, NFL say, what? Like that? No. I don't even think contractually they'd allow him to do that no 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 he was playing in this game and he got picked off at the goal line and they ran it the other way it was an indoor game I know that much it could have been exhibition for all I know, but still. Oh, Jameis Winston throws pick six to Tyreek Hill in fan-controlled football. Yeah, fan-controlled football. That's, the, that's what I was looking for. Wow. A pick six to Tyreek Hill. Was Tyreek Hill on defense? Must I don't have know I, I I have enough. Uh, I I barely have enough time to do everything I need to with the NFL. I don't have right. time. That's <laughs> all these side yeah, I mean, operations. I mean, yeah. You mean yeah. you don't have any USFL tips for us? Or no, you- I I can't go and justify to my my wife that uh we we, we can't do anything this weekend because I'm going to be glued to fan controlled football and USFL football. <laughs> I, I, I take my NFL footballs on Sunday and I love yeah, those. Yeah. And then, I'm and sure she'll be totally, totally receptive to that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Derek, yeah, Derek, no, well, no, at least at least have to sleep on the couch for at least a night, so that that won't happen. Right. Grounds <laughs> of insanity, man. Oh, yeah, but I just thought I'd drop that in because that was just stupid. If, if Philly Philly was in, in line to be a contender for the title, yeah. now the earliest he could be back is either game three or four. By then they could be down 0-2. And yeah. guess who? Guess who's the leader now? James Harden. Yeah. Yep. That's not which good. means they're gonna be locking down James Harden because Embiid is not on the floor to distract the defense. Right. They lose in a big way. And you know what? I don't know, man. If I was the owner, I'd be pissed. That would well, a broken orbital bone is no joke. No, it's not. No joke at all. Plus, he's got to even think he'll be back for game three or four is yeah. amazing. 
Yeah, plus he's got a concussion is to boot. So yeah. I mean, he's probably going to be wearing a face mask when he gets back on the floor in the th- by game three. Right, here, here's the world's smallest violin for Philly yeah, and their amazing yeah. fans. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, Philly fans are not our favorite on this show. Never have been, never will be. Bro, you should have heard them talking smack to the Raptors like after they beat us. It's like you're supposed to beat us. First of all, our starting point guard wasn't playing. We've been banged up the whole series. We were. We don't have an MVP on our team. And we uh, weren't supposed to win a single game, according to Shaq. We were almost at 3-3 because we lost by that Embiid miracle shot in game two. Yeah. Right? I mean, if they win that, it's 2-2. Then we yep. win 3-3. Like, I mean, yep. who knows what could have happened. So, Actually, yep. they were down 3-0, and then they won two in yeah, a row. Two yeah. In a row. So, Philly fans need to relax, and then they're going to get smoked by Miami, right? So, it's – Yeah, uh, their wrath should be more at Doc Rivers than anybody else, period. Yeah, I'm rooting for Kyle Lowry, man. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. He's, he's, he's going to be out, too. He's out with a hamstring injury. So Who, Kyle? Yeah. Oh, well, I'm cheering for the Heat because now I'm a diehard yeah. Heat fan. Jimmy Smith. Jimmy Smith. Oh, Jimmy Smith. Jimmy Smith. Jimmy, Jimmy Butler. Jimmy, Jimmy Butler. Smith. Jimmy Smith. My name My name recognition is terrible. Don't go. What was that? Michigan? I thought you were going to say Jimmy Walker. Like, dynamite. Like, you yeah. know. What was that? Fat five, five, Jimmy Smith? Yes, it was. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's Jimmy King. Jimmy, Jimmy King. Jimmy King. Jimmy King. Jimmy King. Jimmy King. Jimmy King. Jimmy Smith was the Mr. receiver Mr. for the Jaguars. Yeah. Him and him and Keenan Oh, McCarty. there you go. Yeah. The wrong sport. The yeah, wrong exactly. sport. Yeah. Yeah. Sports nerd is fucked up again, but that's okay. We're all over the place, man. Part of my charm. Uh, anyway, Derek. So, round the, the 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 NFL draft is complete. It's over with. It's done uh, for 2022. Um, Kansas City's on the clock. Kansas City's on the clock. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> Uh, my, my the interesting thing, believe it or not, is Mr. Irrelevant is actually somebody we know. He was, I think he's quarterback, and I forget his name off the top of my head. That's, like that's I why do. he's Mr. Irrelevant. Yeah, right? <laughs> well, no, he was he was a quarterback for what college was it, Derek? Uh, I, I thought we were going to start at the top of the draft. I didn't realize. Well, our way back. Just something that was in my head when I was talking. So I, I, you know, I thought we were going to talk about relevant parts. Yeah, I just threw that shit out there. So we're talking about Brock Brock Purdy. Yeah, Brock Purdy. Thank you very much. Anyway, uh, Brock Purdy aside, um, pretty irrelevant. (laughs) This this year's draft was after the first one or two picks was a was a crapshoot because nobody knew it was going to happen. Well, well, here's uh, we the discussed thing. that we discussed that Thursday night on the show. Um, For the first time in history, nine teams had multiple picks in the first round, right? And ten teams didn't have any picks in the first right. round. Right, a third, a third of the league didn't have any picks in the first round at all. You're right. F them picks. My team was one of them, by the way. <laughs> um. So. My and, and again, the, and the, it's the first time since two thousand and maybe two, actually two thousand since a quarterback wasn't taken in the first two rounds. No, there was a quarterback taken in the first two rounds. Pickett, Pickett was. I'm sorry, only I'm sorry, only one Pickett quarterback was was taken, taken first. first. Yeah. Yeah. Only one quarterback for the first time in since twenty twenty two thousand. No, since twenty thirteen when twenty thirteen. Yeah, when EJ Manuel was because Geno Smith was the second quarterback taken that year, and I think he was the thirty. 
36, 38 pick, somewhere yeah. around there. Okay. Yeah. But just still a long time ago. That's almost 10 yeah. years worth of drafts. And right. that was an outlier draft. I mean, that it wasn't like, you know, I've been happening a bunch of years before that. So I think that's why this ended up being such a crazy draft is because there was no franchise quarterbacks that uh, that were there. And so people were able to to draft needs uh, at wide receiver, at offensive line, and at edge rusher. Those were mm-hmm. the, the strong positions in the draft. And uh, quarterback, running back, tight end, uh, there, there, there wasn't much there uh, in, in the early going because I don't think a running back was taken in the first round uh, for the first time since I want to say 2014 no, they, or 2015. Yeah, but, but the Jets took the first running back in the second round, John. <laughs> Bro, like that, that killed me, man. Like, no, man. Like, listen, dude. I'm, I'm gonna be completely honest, and I'm gonna try to be as like cordial as possible because I freaking hate the Jets, like, with a passion. But they – I, I don't know what Derek's ratings are, but it looks like the Jets had an amazing draft. And I hate – it pains me to say – like, it it irks me. Like, watching watching the Patriots implode was great. Loved it. Great draft, Bill. You did a great job, buddy. Uh, but the Jets having a good draft – oh, my gosh. Hey, Jamal. Oh, good to see you, buddy. Happy Sunday. There's a couple of things. I mean, I, I saw Mel Kuyper with his with his grades, and I think he gave the Patriots like the lowest possible draft grade that he could. And my whole thing is Mel Kuyper doesn't run a team. Mel Kuyper doesn't have a scheme. Mel Kuyper doesn't have to answer to a GM the next year. And so Who basically the hell is he's got Mel Kuyper Jr. He's got amazing hair. <laughs> he's got amazing hair. And, and and people 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 flock to these rankings every year. Like, oh, did my team win the draft or lose the draft? You don't know until five years from now. Once these guys yeah, have to know. resign contract, and Preach. and what they'll what they'll not bill on is they'll say, well, we have this guy ranked fortieth, and you drafted him twenty eighth. He doesn't get to pick 40th. He has 28 and 58. And so if he's got a guy that he knows isn't going to make it back there and he thinks for his roster, he needs to reach at 28 and he can get a guy that fits his scheme at at, at 58, he's going to do that. And then, you know, Mel Kuyper is going to sit there and hit on, you know, just bash him for his, for his bad Derek, draft. He got the player he wanted. Derek, didn't we say on draft night that that's a typical Belichick, Belichick pick because he takes somebody that nobody's heard of and watch this guy's gonna be a freaking all pro, right? Somewhere down the line. Yeah, there's all kinds of guys in the league that I mean, you could build off like the, one of the greatest football teams of all time with guys that came from small schools, like Jerry Rice, like Walter Payton, uh, Brett Favre, Josh Allen. I, I mean, there are tons of guys that don't play in the Power Five schools that every year we we sit there and wonder how they get drafted above guys from Alabama and Georgia. Right, right. Yeah. And then five years from now, the you know Josh Allen is signing a record contract, and yeah. you know these Stephon guys Diggs is from Maryland, right? Like, yeah, you know, like, it's like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you 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 don't know. And look at the the Great Wall of Dallas. That line was built with guys from schools that nobody uh, had heard of. So I, I mean, yeah, I, I, I the Jets I think were the big winners in this draft because I think all three of those first round picks. Right. If any one of them individually would have gone in the top 10, no one would have been surprised at that. And they didn't have to trade up to acquire any right. of them other than Johnson at the third one. So they didn't yeah. really have to give up a ton of draft capital 
and then to get a starting running back in the second round to boot after doing all Which that, they, they might have four starters. But but Which okay, so I'll, I'll ask you this with the, with the Jets, like they're they're gonna have like they got Michael Carter already, so Brees Hall is 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 like a bell cow man like he's he's the dude so what are they going to do this split carries with two studs like that's I, that's going to do the people, cleveland thing or? hey i've heard a lot of people talk about it was it sucks to be a michael carter owner now <laughs> yeah dude, because this guy's off the chain apparently i mean you know how much college ball i watch but all the highlights i've seen this dude is like unstoppable like yeah he, he could definitely be a three down back at the at the nfl level and uh you know, if he's getting 20, 25 carries, that's not going to leave much for Carter. But, you know, I uh, running backs get hurt and uh, and running backs uh, struggle in their rookie year because they got a lot of pass protection. So Carter, Carter got hurt last season. Yeah. And he missed some time. So who and, knows? And, Carter might just fall back to what he was doing before. Well, and let's be honest. I mean, I don't think the Jets are going to win more than six games this year. I don't care no. what they did in that draft. I mean, Buffalo is still the best team in that division. I trust New England over the Jets still. And Miami, I think, is further ahead of them too. I mean, the whole question is whether Zach Wilson can make the jump in his second year. If Zach Wilson can make the jump, yeah, they might win eight, nine games somewhere in there. But if he's, you know, what he was last year or, or not much better, this doesn't change anything with them. They're the fourth team in the division. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. They picked up some good building blocks for the future. Okay. And if Zach Wilson tends to, uh, you know, uh, turns out to fizzle this year, next year's draft class for quarterbacks is much better than this year's. Right. A lot better than this year's. And I guess that's okay, what so they're hoping for. They're hoping Zach for Wilson, if Zach, Zach Wilson thanks. is on the clock right now, basically. 2022 is on the clock time for Zach Wilson. I hope yeah, he has he, a semi-decent year. So they don't do anything, and then he has a <laughs> shitty year the next year. Like that's what I mean. No yeah, bias I, on this show. No bias at all. No, oh, I <laughs> like the like the Patriots are number one detested, but the the Jets are very close second. Like they're just you know just oh. Draft ended yesterday, uh, Jamal. Yeah, it was yesterday. Yeah, man, crazy. Oh, well. Today is the day for the un undrafted free agents to sign. Is what what today is. Pretty much, which I always love because the draft is done, and ten minutes later, these undrafted free yeah. agents are signing. And yeah. It's like what they, you 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 didn't talk to anybody uh, at all while this was going on. <laughs> You're just able well, to still signed the guy that they they had on their thirty visit, and yeah. they yeah. signed him as an undrafted. So it's like wow, like that they you know they're licking their chops when they get a guy that they got to interview. But anyways, you know, I won't bore you with Bill's propaganda at all. I promise. We can't go a whole entire show without Bill's propaganda, John. I mean, come on. It's like, oh, bro, that's like, sacrilege. Come on. Yeah. Uh, I just, you know, like I said, on on, on Friday when, when the Jets took the running back, the first thing I thought about was John. <laughs> we need to get this guy. We well, need to get this I guy. Just, there was the three guys that, like, again, I know nothing about college ball. I just go from what's the the, the rumors, and I watch some highlights. So there was the Brees Hall, there was the Wa the Kenneth Walker kid, and then James Cook. And um, these were the guys, the three running backs that apparently we should be targeting as the Bills fans. They got one out of three, so I'm just like, okay, cool. Hey, I like his brother. His brother's awesome. I'm a big fan of his brother. So if he's like a half of what his brother is, great, cool. I don't know. I don't know. What do you guys think of James Cook? I know nothing about him. 
He looked really high when he got out either, actually, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, I think it's a great situation for James Cook because he's going into play on one of the best offenses in the NFL, and you got Singletary there, so he's not going to be asked uh, to carry the load. You go and put him on the Houston Texans and ask right, him right, to right. be the starting running back, that might not, not look as good. So I think it's a good situation and a good fit. And, and Buffalo doesn't need – a 1,500-yard rusher with 15 touchdowns. Josh Allen runs a ton. They have right. a great passing game. They need the running game to bring balance to the offense, and I, I think you can do that with Singletary in the lead uh, and Cook. I think what this tells you is that Zach Moss, uh, they, they've gone. given up on yeah, Zach yeah. Moss. Yeah, he's gone. Yeah, He's either a camp body or he's going to you know, fill out the back end of the roster. He's just going to get caught all together. Yeah. Okay. All right, Derek, yeah. your top five for the draft. Who would you, you take with the top five? Well, we talked about the Jets already. I really liked what Atlanta did. Uh, I think Drake London with that eighth uh, pick, I think that that, that gives them a nice target uh, aside of Kyle Pitts and two big targets that can be good in the red zone. And then they got Arnold uh, Abitike in the second round, just a freakish athletic uh, edge rusher that has a 38-inch vertical. Uh, And then they had a Troy Anderson, who's another fast linebacker, 4'4", 240. But what I really loved is they uh, they were able to draft uh, uh, the quarterback out of Cincinnati, uh, uh, Riddler, in the third yeah. round. So they, I think if they had gotten him in the second round, I don't think people would have really questioned that too much. So they have Marcus Mariota. He can uh, uh, be the veteran there. And they have uh, Ritter if uh, Mariota gets hurt or doesn't work out. And like he was saying before, it's a really deep first-round draft. If uh, neither of them shows him anything, they're not going to say we can't take a quarterback high in the 2023 draft as we have Ritter. Right. So, I mean, I, I, th- I think they set themselves up uh, very well. Uh, Baltimore, I liked. I, oh, I thought Baltimore did really well, yeah. Oh, Baltimore did picks. well. Piss me off. Oh, they had such a good draft. Pisses me off. Yeah. I mean, oh. Kyle, Kyle Hamilton, a lot of people thought he was going to go in the top five and he had a bad 40 time and he did slide out of the top 10. But I, I thought that was a real value at 14. He could be... Uh, a Pro Bowl starter as a rookie, uh, I, I think. I think that's very possible. Tyler Linderman at center. I mean, that that's a guy that could start. Uh, David Ajabo would have been a top fifteen pick if he hadn't torn his Achilles. And there are people that are saying he's going to be ready to play in the second half of the year. Travis Jones, big run stopper. Daniel Fallel, uh, the massive offensive lineman from Minnesota. You have five players that could develop into starters in the next three years, or or be major contributors on the team. So I, I think Baltimore did a fantastic job. They did have to trade Hollywood in order to uh, in order to make this draft happen, but you know I, Hollywood really hasn't fit in there that well. Uh, he he's you know shown some signs that he's a a good deep threat, but for what Baltimore does, they they haven't been able to utilize him. Well, properly. and Marquise Johnson, as we were talking about, and, and he he basically said that he this trade to the Cardinals was in the was in the works for a while. It wasn't just something. That happened overnight. I mean, yep. and he's been he's he's been out and he's been practicing with um what's his face? Oh, God, what my name recognition is terrible. The little Kyle guy, the little the little guy from from Carol from Arizona. He's been he's Kyle been Murray. doing yes, Kyler Murray. Thank you. He's been doing workouts with Kyler Murray in the offseason. The tattoo so, of the NFL. Yes, the tattoo <laughs> of the NFL. The plane, the plane, the plane. Anyway, um, yes, they've been. Did you just a fantasy island reference just now? Yes, we did just do a fantasy I island did, yes. reference. Yes, welcome very to nice. fantasy island. Very nice. Um, very nice. Um, but the, the the trade was was not something that just happened. It was in the works for a while. So 
It, well, it was may have been a surprise to Jackson, but it wasn't a surprise to to, to Hollywood at all. Period. Well, Hollywood requested the trade in January. Yes. that's what I read. Yes, um, he did. Yeah. So uh, and and the, they did a very good job of keeping it under wraps, which I think helped uh, allow them to move hey, them because you know uh, Hi, because. Clarky. When you get some of these guys that demand a trade value, trade right away, it, it destroys their value because people know that they want out of there, right. and then you, and then they want to lowball the team. And uh, you know, Baltimore might not want to give him up. He kept his mouth shut and uh, and ended up in a good spot because Kyler yeah. Murray throws a pretty nice deep ball. Well, and, plus, they uh, were college team teammates day. too, as, as Clarky yeah. mentioned. They were college teammates. So. Hey, hey, speaking of Clarky, he, he was he was really WTFing the Patriots for that first. Bro, like I just I, I gotta cut it short because I gotta take off, but I just would like to know, Derek, did the Patriots make your top five horrible drafts of the year? Or do you did you have one or no or no? I, I listed five teams. I'm I'm not gonna list New England there. New England has a good track record of adding what they need in the draft. And uh I, I mean the receiver they got runs a four two nine forty, uh Thornton, I think it is, and uh uh I, I mean, I understand the pundits don't like it because it didn't match their 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 draft board. But you got a head coach right. that's missed the playoffs since he got there. His first year in two thousand, two thousand two, and then two thousand and twenty. I mean, I, I I I trust what Belichick's doing there. I I I don't. And they had a great draft last year. I I, I don't I don't know what people are so upset about because well, Belichick has good been criticized. Record. And has been mentioned as being has gotten worse as a GM over the years as opposed to a head coach. So who knows? I mean, he's maybe he's losing it as he gets older. Who knows? Real um, quick, Derek, were you happy with the uh Christian Watson pick of the Green Bay Packers? I was. I absolutely was. Uh, Green Bay was the next winner I was gonna have on my list because I, I think they maneuvered the draft very well. That run on receivers happened between uh uh, 10 and uh, and 18, I think it was, and they could have tried to trade up and uh, and surrendered both their first round picks in order to get one wide receiver, and the the value wouldn't have been there. But instead, they they were not good at run defense last year. They allowed 4.7 yards per carry to to running backs, so they added two guys in the interior and Quay Walker and Devontae Wyatt, and that's going to sure up the run defense. And Watson was a very fine receiver at North Dakota State, and then they got Romeo Dobes in the in the fourth round and uh and he's he's a productive receiver so i think they did what they wanted they 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 are very comfortable developing receivers in the second third and fourth round and they hit two of them there now are these guys going to work out i i don't know i'm not going to pretend Nobody that he's a slam dunk uh player but you put a wide receiver with some talent next to aaron Rodgers, and uh that's going to help yeah. well he was the best available at that pick basically yeah and i'm glad they when do they get him 34. What was it? Oh, second round. Right. Yeah, and I, and that's why I think they did a good job to trade up because that one runner yeah, receiver had up. happened, and they couldn't have sat there at fifty and gotten the guys that they wanted. And and this was a guy that there that was kind of rumored to be that the Packers hey. were interested in him. Hey, John, you want to call collusion because the Giants traded their pick to the Jets for them to get Brees Hall. Yeah, I know. I know. It's like, it's really suspect. Like I, I get it. It's a business, but I mean, those guys should have a little bit of a backbone, you know, like the whole reason they even have jobs now is because of Buffalo. Like, wow. Yeah. Let me, let me, let me just real quick. Ron's in the green room. Should I bring him up now? If he wants to. Yeah. Let me, 
No, he's shaking his head. No, never mind. Oh, wrong. Oh, wrong yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's good because I'm going mean, to. I'll, I'll flip out in a bit. I got to take off yeah, here in like two that's minutes, fine. right? Yeah, Ron's shaking his head. No, <laughs> I love it. I'm. I, I expect this I like, to be pro. Uh, pro Toronto Maple Leafs and Edmonton Oilers propaganda from Ron. Yes. Later, when I'm not yeah. here, I'll watch the replay to make sure that he, he uh, you know, puts the ribbon on it. That'd be great. Thanks. Yeah. Hey, Toronto, yeah, Bolton, Toronto, Lightning, Toronto, Bolts and the Leafs in hmm. first round, John. Give me a good series. Cares. <laughs> Cares. I'm all about Edmonton, bro. Edmonton and L.A. Let's go. Come on. Let's okay. get it. Edmonton and L.A. Yeah, Edmonton and L.A. Game one tomorrow, buddy. Let's go. Oh, Let's okay. get it. All right. That's the matchup. Okay. I'm just. That's the matchup. Yeah, man. So, so you oh, you, 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 you don't care about the Leafs and, and the Bolts series? I don't care, dude. Like, it's so weird. I'm I'm a Leafs fan, but it's like I don't live there anymore. And I and Toronto pisses me off. Like, just going there, I get pissed off. Like, I'm like, it's the New York of Canada, right? It's like, uh, Elliot, what's it like going back to New York? You just you deal with traffic. You're just mad. You're just like, oh, I freaking hate it. Like, oh my gosh, you guys don't know how to drive. Every time I go to Toronto, I last for about a day, and then I'm just ready to rage and just I got to get out of here. Before I I go postal somewhere. That's why I never owned a car until I moved out of New York. Right. Yeah. Try find a parking spot in Manhattan. Like, you know, they, you, forget Shit, it. in the Bronx. Try find in the Bronx. Out. Yeah. Well, you can double park and then you got the cops that come over and they're, eh, you're getting a ticket. Yeah, and you yeah. know, but then you get the ticket in the morning if you don't do the alternate side of the street parking. Which there is nothing available because everybody's already moved their car to the other side of the street. I hate big cities. I hate them. <laughs> I'm so done. 45 years of my life living in these damn things. I'm done. I'm finished. Forget it. We're going out to the country. And with yeah. that, I'm actually driving out to the country right now. So, All right. Good luck with the house search, John. Thank you. All right. Have a good night, buddy. We'll see you next week. Give me the video, too, when you're done. Hey! I will. Absolutely. I will hey! send it to you. Hearts. Yes. All right. Hearts. Later. <laughs> see you, John. Ah, oh, too freaking funny. Uh, let me change this because I don't like that other view. Anyway, um, all right, you had uh, all right, so Green Bay at number three. Who's number four, Derek? Uh, Kansas City. I, uh, I I like what they did. Trent McDuffie, twenty first pick. That gives him a good uh, uh, defensive back. Uh, George Karlafis, uh at number thirty was uh, one of the better pass rushers in the draft, and they did similar to what Green Bay did. They waited to the second round to get their receiver and got Sky Moore out of uh, West Virginia, and again. You know, he's a small school guy, but you pair him with Patrick Mahomes, and uh, that's a that's a, a potential for a really good fit. And then they also got uh, Brian Cook, uh, number sixty-two overall, and then the Wisconsin linebacker Leo Chanel, uh, number one hundred three. I, I think all five of these guys have the potential to either be starters or uh, or contributors within the next couple of years. So I, I think Kansas City need, did what they needed to do, and you know, and. Full disclosure, it's easier to run a good draft when you trade your best wide receiver and not a whole bunch of picks. I mean, yeah, yeah. you know, if, if you do what, uh, you know, Chicago did where you, uh, you know, trade up to get Justin Fields last year and you have no players, it's hard to be a winner in this draft when you're right. only and got you a couple trade picks. Khalil Mack and don't even have a first round yeah. pick. So, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So who, who knows what, uh, you know, Kansas City is going to do. Tyreek Hill, that's huge production. Uh, to, to replace. That's been one of the best vertical threats in the NFL over the last, uh, you know, 15, and, 20 years. And there's no arguing that, but the fact is, is that Kansas City's biggest problem in recent years has been defense. Yep. And that's, and, and they that, addressed that. 
Yep. So, that's, they, they took the same route that Green Bay did where this was such a deep defensive draft and there were such good players from the run that happened on wide receivers early on that they uh, they took advantage of the players that were there. And I, 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 I think both teams, when you, that's why you pay Mahomes and Rodgers all that money so that you can use your first round picks on defense and take uh, players from smaller schools later on or players that aren't as uh, highly heralded and uh, and and put together a good team. You you shouldn't need to put, you know, first round picks around a first, uh, a hall of fame quarterback to have him do well in the, in the NFL. And then the last team, um, uh, Tennessee, I, I actually thought Tennessee did a really good job because they had AJ Brown. I was going to say, even the, though they traded away AJ Brown, you still think they had a good draft. I think well, they had a good Tennessee draft. The guy they picked, he's like a carbon copy of AJ yeah, Brown. That's true. It yep. is. He is. Yeah. And they didn't want to pay A.J. Brown four years, $100 million, 57 guaranteed. And he missed four starts in 2020 and four starts in 2021. I'm not going to say he's injury prone, but he's he's missed games because of injury. I think they offered him $16 million a year um, before he got traded. And now Philly's paying him $25 million a year with, like you said, $57 million. Well, yeah, that's what we discussed on the show on Thursday night is the fact that the reason why they're trading A.J. Brown is because they didn't want to pay him. Yeah. And they got a carbon copy of them. They can pay, put them on a rookie contract and save money on the cap, which is. But a good, here's the thing: good how strategy. good is AJ Brown going to be with Jalen Hurts? Depends on what he progresses to. As it a depends on player. how yeah, depends on how Jalen Hurts progresses over last year. Because I mean, Tyreek Hill is still going to be in question with Tua as quarterback. Correct. Sure. Because of lack of an arm, you know what I'm saying. So again, it's not a lock. No, it's no, not a lot. You can say anything you want about Tannehill, but Tannehill's very good in play action, and he's very good on the deep throw. He's, and, and he's accurate. He's he accurate. is. Yep. Yes. And Hertz is not. Well, and, and he, he can't make the reads yet either. I remember that Tampa game where they showed the wide receiver. I can't remember which one it was running down the sideline, and he was wide open by a mile down there, and Hertz just didn't see him. He, he didn't even. He wasn't even looking well, that way. Shades of Baker Mayfield, no BJ, because, right? <laughs> part of it is because he's you said it. I didn't. So. I know, right? Part of it is because he's looking for a running lane to hit. If he can't find a receiver, or is if he, he taking run first every time, is that what he's doing, Elliot? I think he's. I think he. I think he's in the position where he just is not confident in with his pocket game. Okay. Well, and look at Lamar Jackson. If you look at him the first year when he took over for Joe Flacco and played those last nine games versus where he was last year before he got hurt, he has made strides in that area. And so I think Hurts can make strides in that area. And one of the ways that you get him to make strides is you bring in A.J. Brown and give him someone that he has confidence to look at downfield. I mean, the problem last year, too, is they had Devontae Smith and they really didn't have anybody else at wide receiver. So if you're not polished as a deep thrower and you don't have the weapons that you trust down there, you're going to go with what you do trust, which is your legs. So, I mean, I think they needed to make this move. But if Hurts doesn't take the jump this year, they've given him everything he needs. They're going to find a quarterback next year. Yeah, and the pundits on Friday basically said, that Jalen Hurts, Jalen Hurts is now on the clock. Yeah, yeah. for twenty twenty-two. Yep. If he doesn't perform, guess what? The draft class next year will have quarterbacks available. Yes. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of these guys, Zach Wilson's another one. Yep. Like like I mentioned earlier, 
These Ooh. guys are now. I mean, look at the Giants. They've already parted, basically parted ways with Daniel Jones. They didn't pick up the yeah, they didn't pick up the fifth year option, right? But unless he lights it up and 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 blows the house out, Daniel Jones is done in New York because the Giants know they can get a quarterback next year. And there's a quarterback in Alabama scheduled. He's slated to be number one overall pick next year. So. And, and the other thing is the Eagles added defense. They added Jordan Davis in the middle. They added Nicole Dean to strengthen the defense. Cam Jurgen's going to be a good center there. So they, they went all in. I mean, even though they traded for A.J. Brown and, and gave the Titans that pick, I mean, they still picked up a lot of pieces, too. I mean, yeah. they're, they're going to be expected to compete with the Cowboys. And then getting back to the Titans, the one thing I like they did is Malik Willis, if he had gone yeah. six to the Panthers, yes. I think most oh. people would have been like, that's a, that's a great move, and they got him in the third round. Yes, they did. I think yeah. I think the Titans got a deal. I, I think they got a steal, actually. I think Malik, Malik Willis is the heir apparent to, to Ryan Tannehill, and I think he actually he will do well if he can learn how to read defenses and stay in and learn how to throw from the pocket because he's got great running skills. He can he can he can make plays on the run, um, but can they he be a pocket for- passer and can he be his accuracy is in question, um, and his it, it, the fact that he can 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 he get the job done. He's, and don't you know, forget. And you know what? Ryan Tannehill may be a a, a, a journeyman quarterback and considered a journeyman quarterback in the NFL, but he's a great teacher. And Willis can learn a lot from Tannehill. And that's why I think Traylon Burks be, be that pocket quarterback. That's why I think Burks was a good pickup after they traded AJ Brown for that pick. Yeah. Okay. And don't forget, they got Robert Woods too. Yeah. Right. Okay. So it's not like they're not going to have an experienced receiver there. Right. To help out with both Tannehill and Malik Willis. Right. Right. And it's not a tough division. No, it's not. No. It's not. No. 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 Tennessee can actually still compete in that division. Yeah, well, and I, I think you know, even though Malik Willis his his, his checking account isn't going to like fall in that far because he got paid a lot more money, it's a good fit for him. He's under no pressure to start this year. I mean, if Tannehill yeah. starts seventeen games this year, nobody's going to say Willis can't play. He can sit there and work on his mechanics. He can sit there and learn how to watch film, uh, learn learn how to not take as many sacks, and and be in a good position to be the starter in twenty twenty three or twenty twenty four. Because Tennessee isn't going to be drafting high enough next year to get one of those top quarterbacks uh, th- that are going to be in that draft. And so it, it's a good situation all around. Uh, you know, and it well, gives him a chance to succeed. He's perfectly aligned because, again, like you said, he can sit back and knowing that in a year or two, Tannehill won't be there anymore. And if he does what he needs to do, then that's his job. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yep. Um, next question is, all right, you got your bottom five. What's your bottom five? All right. I, I really didn't like Arizona's draft. I know some people did because they got Marquise Brown. But what I don't like about it is they picked up his options. So basically, Kyler Murray and him are going to be on the same contract timeline. And Kyler Murray doesn't look like he's close to signing a long-term contract there. And so what that means is they can only franchise one out of the two of them. And so is it worth trading the 23rd pick in the draft to get a two-year rental on Hollywood Brown? And then they added Trey McBride, McBride in the second round, who's a tight end, and he's very good, but I, they re-signed Zach Ertz. So five of their eight picks were in the sixth round or later. And, I, I mean, I think you look at that draft. Does that get them above Los Angeles? Does that get them a win in the first round of the play? You know, more than, 
further than the than the wild card round? I don't think it does. No, no, I don't think so. Either. I think the only I think the only place that they are a lock is to finish ahead of Seattle. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Because yeah. San Francisco's not going to be terrible. No, Debo wind up coming back. It's it's a good chance Jimmy G will stay, and I think he should stay one more year because right now his value is not out there with that shoulder surgery. Plus, he can give Jimmy G one – I mean, he can give uh, Lance one more good year of learning before throwing him into the fray, okay? And then on top of that, Jimmy G has an opportunity to increase his value for next season. And then the 49ers can get what he might be worth at that time. Because right now, there's George and Derek. Do you think Debo stays in San Francisco next season? I I, I don't think he has much of a choice. I, I mean, he, he, if he holds out, he does, and and misses regular season games. He if he does like a Le'Veon Bell move, he's not going to accrue service uh, for the year, and he needs to get to free agency so he can sign a big contract. So I I, I mean, it just depends on you know who wants to blink first there. But my, my thought is he goes and puts up another good year and then, uh, uh, and he's a second round pick. He doesn't have the option year. Then he's going to be in a position to do some good things uh, yep. either with the franchise tag or in free agency. Right. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. And the thing is, is that the 49ers weren't getting any legitimate offers for him. Well, I don't think anybody thought they were legitimately going to move him. So why are you going to go and offer anything for a player that's not right. on the market? Again, yeah. John Lynch made that perfectly clear. We're not, we're not in any way, shape, or form looking to trade Debo Sanders. All right. Yeah. And number four? Uh, well, number for the losers uh, on the number two, uh, Derek uh, was B. Houston. Uh, Derek Stingley, I, I thought that was a reach. I mean, and Sauce Gardner, to me, was the best corner in the draft. And so if they were going to go corner, I would have taken Sauce. I, I like Stingley. He looked like one of the best corners in the country as a freshman, but was just too injured after that. And then I thought they had a good pick uh, uh, with Kenyon Green. I, I like that one. But then uh, uh, Jalen Petrie, that was a redundant pick to me. You, you use the third pick in the draft on a defensive back, and then right away in the second round you go back to another defensive back. Uh, John Michi the third was their wide receiver they took in the third round, and he's coming off an ACL tear. And I, I don't really know if that helps the wide receiver room that, that much this year. It might be a good pick for a couple of years down the road. Uh, Christian Harris was good at the linebacker spot. I thought they got a value there, but I, I just I, I could see Stingley being hurt, uh, you know, in that rookie contract, and yeah. Sauce Gardner being uh, an All Pro. And then it's like, why didn't you do the obvious thing? So I I, I wasn't necessarily all all in on what Houston did there. Yeah, uh, Dallas I thought was uh, what was a team that was a loser with uh, with Tyler <laughs> Smith. I mean, what was that tweet? Every penalty made that happen. <laughs> Hey, I think Ken is not here tonight because he's sick from the Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, he's still I, suffering indigestion from that draft. I, I mean, yeah, when, when your first round pick is being described on Twitter as a penalty waiting to happen. That's, yes, uh, I saw that. <laughs> I ran my ass yeah, off. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, hilarious. And then, <laughs> and then South Alabama wide receiver Jalen Tobert—that's who's going to replace Amari Cooper. I mean, I guess Michael Gallup's going to replace him, and then Tolbert will replace Gallup. But uh, I, I was it that guy Strange that they drafted, or who who was it that drafted Strange? Uh, let me look. 
I'll have to look because at that. Somebody had mentioned that's a, that was a strange pick. Keep going. I'm going to wait for just a second. I'll be right back. Uh, Cole Strange, uh, that was the Patriots. That was uh, the 29th over pick by the Patriots. That's uh, the one that everybody, yeah. That's, that's the one that everybody <laughs> was hammering Bill for. Um, all right, so then uh, uh, th- then also they took uh, Sam Williams, uh, who had some legal issues while he was in college. He was cleared of them, but was suspended for the start of the 2020 season while those were being worked out, and he's not very good against the run. I, I just look at the offseason they had where they lost players in free agency, they traded Cooper away, and then you look at what they retooled with in this draft. This doesn't look like a team that uh, is going to go further in the playoffs than they did last year. They look like they're they're – the Eagles got closer to him, I think, after this draft was done. Yeah, and, and yeah, yeah. And, and the thing is, is that, again, I, and I firmly believe this, as long as Jerry Jones is running that team, that team's not going anywhere. That, to, that team was 30 successful years. 30 years ago because of Jimmy Johnson, not because of Jerry Jones. Well, and that team was built before the salary cap came into play. I, I, I mean, the, the I think the first year of the salary cap was was ninety four, and so they had done the Herschel Walker trade already and made all those big moves before that. And and really, like Deion Sanders would never hit free agency the way he did back then. I mean, same thing. Reggie White would have hit free agency the same way yeah, no. he did back so, then. I mean. Yeah, totally, it, different. It, totally different ball game. Hey, totally different finance. Hey, Clark, Clark Eads, uh, just a correction. Strange did get drafted in the first round. <laughs> he did get, yeah, he did. He did get picked in the first round. Yeah. <laughs> you mean the number one pick? Probably not. Yeah. Um. All right. My next team that I, I was a little confused, that was Jacksonville, actually. I, I thought they had a good start to the draft. Um, you know, the, it, was, it wasn't any problems. Yeah, and, uh, and, uh, and Lloyd. But my issue is, like, Trevor Lawrence was a disappointment last year, and I don't really see anything that they added in this draft that's going to help him on offense. Now, I know they signed Chris, uh, uh, Christian Kirk, and I know that Travis uh, – <laughs> You mean they uh, were paid for Christian Kirk? <laughs> Overpaid for Christian Kirk, and the Travis he's the one that started this whole wide receiver mess with that he, contract. Yep, yep. But all they really added on offense was uh, Luke Fortner, the center in the second round, and then uh, uh, I, I think they added Snoop Connor at running back with the 154th pick. So I, I, I mean, as much as I like the defensive picks, and I think Jacksonville is going to be a much better defense, and those were two really good players. Trevor Lawrence has a lot to prove in his second year. He did not look good last year, and I think he's getting a pass for it because of Urban Meyer and everything that happened. But they I don't, don't have a good offensive line at this point either, do they? No, not particularly. No, no. I think Pro Football Focus ranked them. I can't remember exactly where. I think it was in the bottom ten. I mean, they're a bad roster. They're the worst overall roster in the league by, by, by I think a sizable margin. And, Which means but, they'll be picking first next year too. I would be surprised if they win more than five games next year. I really would. Well, again, you know what? They got they got a good coach. Doug Peterson's give you a good, a better, a much much sure. bigger upgrade than what they had, um, and his staff. So I expect the Jags to be a little bit better, but I don't expect them to contend for a playoff spot. I, even though they play in the worst division in the NFL, I, I don't think they're going to contend for for a playoff spot. No, I don't think so either. 
And then the last team I thought I had some questions about was New Orleans because I don't get why you make that draft be that trade in the draft beforehand to get two first round picks in this draft. And they got uh, uh, Chris Alave and they got Trevor Penning, but now they have no first round picks next year in that deep quarterback draft that we're talking about, and they don't have any first round picks to to go and get anybody just so in I, case Jameson James Winston you know, falls back on his on his on his old habits and throws 30 and starts and 30. Throwing, yeah and, and starts throwing interceptions like he did in the fan control league. Yes. Um, yeah. so, <laughs> I mean I, I to be honest to you know to be upfront I I have a lot of hope for Jameis Winston because he was drafted he went to FSU number one which is my number two college school. And he was drafted by the Buccaneers. And so I got a soft spot for Jameis Winston a little bit. I hope he does well. He had LASIK surgery in the offseason before last. Um, and a lot of his issues, I think, had to do with his eyesight, was why he was throwing throwing picks, so many picks in the NFL. So hopefully the LASIK surgery. And before he got last night. And before he before he got injured, he was having a good season. He wasn't having a bad season at all with the Saints before he got injured. I mean, it wasn't great, but it was a decent season. So, yeah. I mean, you know. The problem I had, though, is like you, you look at his numbers, 14 touchdowns and three picks, and you're like, wow, that you know that was off to a good start. He had that outlier game against the Packers with five touchdowns. Right. If you go and look at the other six games, he had nine touchdown passes in six games and three interceptions, and they were not asking him to do much. He was only averaging about 167 yards passing per, per, per game, which probably is a little bit low because I think he got hurt in the middle of that last game, and so that right. would have drug it down a little bit. But I, I, I'm not saying he did horrible last year, and I think it was the good move to bring him back. But what I question is, he's not a slam dunk to be your starter there no, for the next five years. He's not. Why do you trade all those draft picks to not get a quarterback, and then, and now you can't get one next year either? Well, I, think I can give really you an answer. I, I can give you an answer to that because Sean Payton's no longer the head coach. Sean Payton probably wouldn't have made that deal. Probably not. And Alvin Kamara's status is up in the air because of the Vegas yeah. legal trouble he well, has. So, so is, uh, Mike, is it Michael Michael Clayton, I think his name is? I forget his name. The wide receiver, uh, Michael, Michael, Thomas. Uh, Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas, excuse me. Michael Thomas is up in the air as well because he's coming off an injury after off an injury season as well. So his, his, his status is up in the air too as far as his production for this season coming up. Oh, absolutely. I mean, and he was – I mean, he's – they were having issues with him in the locker room, him and yep. – uh, and Peyton weren't seeing eye to eye. And I mean, you know, he, I mean, you, you look at that year where he set the the record for reception as a season with 149, he followed that up with 40 receptions for 438 yards and didn't score a touchdown. And then last year he didn't play at all. So he started five games and played seven in the last two years. And he hasn't scored a touchdown since 2019. Right. There's a lot of question marks on that New Orleans offense. Right. And then with Sean Peyton not being there and right. Dennis Allen having a defensive background, uh, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I they, they got some good players, but I think they yeah. boxed themselves for trying to get a quarterback for the future. And Dennis Allen didn't exactly burn up the league as a head coach in his previous uh, attempts he, either. He so. didn't, but that was a really unfair stint for him because that's when Al Davis got kind of crazy his last couple of years in Oakland. And, and he basically was signing free agents and cutting them, and they were playing with 49% of their cap and dead money because of D'Angelo Hall and yeah. a number of bad contract signs. No coach in the league is going to be able to win with 49% of their cap. I'm hearing, dead money. I'm hearing that New Orleans is making a serious pitch to Tyrone. Uh, yeah, Tyrone. I heard that too. I saw that on Twitter today. 
And again, that just comes from the fact that you have a defense first minded coach. I well, none of that, but he, they didn't get they didn't get a, a shutdown uh, corner or safety in in the draft, so they they have to they have to try and get one in free agency. And Tyron Matthews is probably the best out there right at this point. But that's not going to matter if you ain't got an offense. Correct. Correct. Something I wanted to bring up that I saw today as well. We were talking about Debo Samuel. Um, you guys saw the tweet that OBJ sent about Debo Samuel and his situation in San Francisco. Hey, you it. Debo came back today. He says. I guess he likes being shit on because all because he's made his entire career off of one catch. That was Debo talking to OBJ. And I got to thinking about that. And he's right. No, OBJ not. has been pumped up because of one no, catch his entire no, career. Come on. No, 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 no. no absolutely. OBJ's not. career would have been fine if he didn't play with Baker Mayfield, first of all. Okay. I agree. I'm with you on that. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm totally agreeing with you on that. He would have been. He was on his way to be in uh, a consideration for MVP in the Super Bowl before he tore his freaking knee up. Yep. Look at his okay. first three years in New York: thirteen hundred and five yeah. yards, fourteen hundred and fifty, thirteen sixty-seven, twelve touchdowns, thirteen touchdowns, ten touchdowns. Made the Pro Bowl every year with Eli Manning on the downside of his career. Yeah. Well, Eli he was, was a better quarterback than Baker, so we'll go. We won't go there. He was fantastic in New York for those three years. And he was fantastic with the Rams once he went to them. I mean, he's probably part of the reason that the Rams made it that far and down yeah. the stretch. Yeah, because they otherwise they wouldn't have had wood. They didn't have wood because he tore his, uh, his exactly his ACL and, that and, totally, and that totally opened it up for Cooper Cup. Yeah, when yeah. people had to worry about OBJ. I just like thought I said, it was he funny was having a great Super Bowl. I just thought it was funny it. that Debo brought that up today in, in Twitter. It was funny. So, yeah, I think Debo's wrong, um, but I understand he's salty right now because yep. he's not getting what he wants, and, and that's usually the case with some people. And, and Odell Beckham, I, I, I think, is overvalued in the league because when you have a start like that to your career and you have that much exposure you know, with, with that catch, I mean, he gets talked about as one of the best receivers you know, in the league, I feel like he's got that reputation for him, but he hasn't been that guy for a long time due to right. injuries, due to playing in Cleveland in a bad scheme fit and with a with a subpar quarterback. And you know, by the time he you know turned things around with the Rams last year, been a long time since he played football. I mean, he's not going into the Hall of Fame with no, anything that he did, but he's more than one catch. Right. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean. The catch, yeah. I mean, it was billed as one of the greatest catches of all time in NFL history. I get that. But you know what? Look at the – Derek ran off all the stats that you need to know. Okay? And, but in the end, it was injuries, uh, a sour relationship in New York. And a boat ride with Bieber. <laughs> to go to Cleveland. A boat ride, Yeah. That pretty much derailed after that. I mean, there were definitely factors that that didn't do him any favors after that boat ride, okay? And then he wound up in Cleveland with a quarterback that couldn't hit the side of a barn if all that was in front of him was the barn, okay? And But then he went, like I said, he went to the Rams, and part of it, Part of his success probably was because Cooper was on the other side. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. 
um, and that Robert Woods wasn't there. But he filled it admirably. And like I said, he was on pace to at least be considered an MVP in that Super Bowl the way he played in that first half. Yeah. You, you know who he kind of reminds me of is Andre Risen. I think, I, I think, I think he's Risen. Oh, I, man. Yep. Because Andre Risen had a really good start to his career, too. Signed in Cleveland, just like OBJ, and that didn't work out for him. But then he got signed by the Packers when uh, when Robert Brooks went down with injury and helped the team win a Super Bowl at, yep. uh, at the end like that, and then kind of bounced around a little bit after that and, and definitely was on a whole – there was a point where a lot of people thought that Jerry Rice – was the best receiver, and then it was kind of Sterling Sharp or Andre Risen, or you know he was kind of in that discussion among those those top then, three or four then, names. Yep. Chris Carter, yep, and then Left Eye burned his house down. Yep, <laughs> yep. All right, I'm gonna bring in. I'm gonna bring Ron in if he's ready. I'm gonna, let me check and see if he's ready. I'm gonna bring him in. He's ready. He's got his thumb up, so I'm gonna bring him in. Um, <laughs> Mr. Mr. Hey. Ron Gallo, hockey guru. Well, hello, gentlemen. How you doing, Ron? Good to see you. It's, it's five run. months in the making. It's five months in the making, but happy new year. Happy new year. I haven't been here since long. then. That's true. Yeah, had you on been, since last year's playoffs. Yeah, no, I've been doing more of the stuff you see behind me. That's that's yeah, the biking and the real estate and selling houses, right? And selling homes. Yeah, good. selling homes. <laughs> it's good to have Derek and Ron. It's a bit of a reunion because you guys you were on the old uh, old old show that Elliot and I were on. We won't mention the the host name, but uh, you, you guys. Sports were, World Radio, by the way. Yeah, Sports World, World Radio, and uh, it's good to have a reunions of sorts uh, this week. To have Derek and Ron on 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 the show. Uh, Ron, well, that's what happens when the draft and hockey playoffs fall in the same week. Exactly. Right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wish uh, I could yeah, ask we, some we, black. Uh, I wish I could ask some Blackhawks playoff questions. But, yeah. Well, uh, there's yeah, nothing yeah, to talk about with the Blackhawks. They got to make the playoffs first, Derek. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. There's not there's not much to say. Yeah. <laughs> um. No, before that we was, get to hockey, you know, anything and, else you guys want to talk about, Derek? Before we get to hockey, no, I, I, I think we, I think we covered the whole draft. I mean, we Good. were even talking OBJ, and uh, <laughs> we didn't get to talk about his Foot Locker uh, uh, apartment though, or house that's up for sale. Did Good you see God, did all you see those shoes closet? that he had? Yeah, did you see that closet. Oh my God. Yeah, Michael uh, Michael Rappaport was uh, making fun of that thing. He goes, hey, he goes, the other way I'd buy that place is if it came with a Foot Locker employee. So that I well, that's <laughs> a closet bigger than some people's homes, for God's sake. Come yeah, on. it was crazy. But, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, it was great talking draft with you guys. And uh, until next Derek, time. we appreciate you, man, always. Yep. Thanks for having always. me. Derek, it's we'll, see you around, uh, we'll see you around the uh, start of the NFL season when we can start talking a little fast. Go ahead, Ron. What do you got to say? You got to get your fingers up. Go ahead. I, I'm just going to say, Derek, I was putting my headphones in, and I swear to God you were talking about CCR, Bad Moon Rising, and then I listened a little longer. It was another – it was it was a – it was one it was of Andre. Your <laughs> it was Andre Rising. <laughs> Bad moon rising. Uh, yeah, we'll 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 keep in touch, Derek, and we'll get you absolutely here as, the season, as the season gets closer. I promise. Matter of fact, when season gets closer, we'll we'll hit you up so we we can get your 
fantasy Late perspective on fantasy. Yes. Sounds good. Sounds good. Yeah, so Elliot can show again his 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 dominance over you in fantasy football. Oh, we, absolutely. We <laughs> I wouldn't say dominance, but you know. <laughs> He I can have a conversation. His, I can keep a conversation going. I can give a conversation, keep a conversation going with Derek when it comes to fantasy. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> All right, Derek. Thank you very much Thanks, for joining. Appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, guys. Good to see you again. yourself and give my Take love care. to your family. Okay. Best to the best to the wife. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. All right. All right. All right. Let's so transition now. My, uh, to NHL playoff I was time. So busy with my cycling, tomorrow. I didn't get a chance to do up my background. Yeah, oh, uh, yeah. was that was that the the scene today in uh, in in uh, in Ottawa? Yeah, was he's Ottawa? lying in state in uh, Bell Center in Montreal. Montreal, okay. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah it's no, almost no, like it's, a state funeral. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're, they're calling it lying in state, and there's just a steady stream of people going through. I mean, um, certainly for people our age, Guy Lafleur was like an elite player. He was yeah. the reason why a lot of people uh, gravitated towards the game of hockey, and he just, you know, they, he had the, the flowing locks, and uh, he had that wicked shot from the top of the faceoff circle. So many goaltenders had a hard time stopping that one. Yeah, I'm sorry, but I got to get my I got to get my guy in here for the Islanders, Mr. Mike Bossy. And that's because... the other thing. Like the hockey world has been uh, hit here uh, last couple of weeks, Mike Bossy and then Guy Lafleur. But uh, for sure, you think about Mike Bossy, and automatically you're taking the four consecutive Stanley Cups. And the and the three consecutive. Well, how many consecutive seasons did he have with fifty plus goals? Oh, I think that was like seven or eight. Like seven, it's up seven there. seasons, I think it was 50, 50 goals a year. Yeah. Nowadays, fifty yeah, goals no, is he's... like a a major milestone for people. Well, look at Austin it, Matthews hit sixty this year. Yeah, Austin Matthews hit sixty. Connor McDavid, uh, Leon Drysital. Like, I mean, you look at some of these players that are putting up some big numbers and. You know, when you've got a couple of them on one team, I mean, that's pretty huge. But you're right. Even though it's an 82-game season, 50 goals is hard to come by these days. It is. Oh, Mike Bossy did it back in the day when there wasn't – there was only, like, what was it, 28 teams, 26 teams. Yeah, yeah. Um, yep. John left the show. I don't know if you heard him or not, but uh, ask him. Oh, I did. I did. Specifically for – Light for Leafs and Edmonton Oiler propaganda uh, leading into the playoffs, um, and he's all—he's oh. not as excited about the Leafs as he is about the Oilers. Okay, in, in, in that series against the Kings, um, is it be, maybe because he's afraid of the defending champion Stanley, defending Stanley Cup champion? I'm sorry, two-time defending Cup Stanley Cup champions. Um, yeah. I don't know the lightning. Now, see, I'm a realist, Lon, as you know. The lightning are not as good as they were the last two years. I am fully in, uh, on board with that. They are not as good as they had been the last two years. No, uh, so, it, it's true. I mean, they're not up there at the top. Go ahead, Elliot. No, I was going to say, uh, did you want to cover things by the series or just random conversation? Uh, you know, well, we can look at we can look at the series. We can uh, we can go through a couple of different things. 
Um, I mean, I, I just I want to get one thing off the plate today. There was a game in the NHL today. There was a game in the NHL today, but it was not a playoff game. It was a makeup game from COVID. Yeah, Seattle had to travel up to Winnipeg, and uh, the Winnipeg Jets defeated uh, the Seattle Kraken four to three. Um, speaking of the expansion team, the Seattle Kraken, uh, first time in five years, the uh, Vegas Golden Knights are not going to make it to the postseason. Stay out of no, my head, that's, Ron. I was that's thinking huge. That. <laughs> yeah, no, that's huge because, I mean, the Vegas Golden Knights, they came out, they were the Cinderella team in year number one, and they made it all the way to the Stanley Cup Finals. And then yeah. they made playoff, uh, they made their postseason appearances season after season after season. Last year, they were knocked off by the Montreal Canadiens, who went on to play the Tampa Bay Lightning, ultimately losing to the Tampa Bay Lightning. So Vegas Golden Knights felt like that they could have had an opportunity to do that as well. And so the Vegas Golden Knights, it's really interesting because one of the things, and I'm not sure if I posted it on the uh, Facebook page or not, but they're over salary cap heading into next season with 18 players. They don't have a full roster. Wow, I didn't send that. So the Vegas say, Golden Knights. I say it's karma coming back at them for screwing up the uh, the flurry situation. I still oh, don't. I, that was I still, brutal. It was the Mark Andre Fleury fiasco, and now now they're now they're dealing with having Robert Leonard, and they haven't fared well with Robert Leonard. No, they Plans. haven't, and and. You know, injuries aside, I mean, that's the thing. You've got you've got two goaltenders, or in the case of the uh, uh, who was it the other night had to call up an emergency backup. But um, oh, anyway, that was that was um, two goaltenders. Um, was that that was the Ducks? That was the Ducks. Was it the yeah, Ducks? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, and the, and, the, and the, the, the guy had traveled uh, with never made that trip. The guy had traveled with with the opposing team as as you know another one of those situations where he had traveled with the opposing team. They had to go into goal with for the home team at that point. Yeah, no, exactly. So, anyways, where I'm going with all of this is that I mean, you, you've got to have goaltending. If you don't have goaltending, um, sometimes it doesn't matter how many goals you're scoring up front. You you need that goaltending. Uh, look at Montreal Canadiens. Uh, Montreal Canadiens basically went the entire season without the uh, services of Carey Price and. Right. We see how that turned showed. out. And it showed. Yes. Exactly. And, I mean, they had good – they do have good goal scorers. I mean, last game of the season, the Florida Panthers come in and they end up losing 10-2 to to the Montreal Canadiens. This is the first best team and the worst team in the NHL, and they are head-to-head, and that's how that one turned out. That's Carey Price's first win in four games. Hmm. So I'm sure Florida yeah. wasn't playing. I'm sure Florida wasn't playing their number ones all that long. No, no, I I don't think so either. But um, you know, like they were they were cruising without question. But like their head coach said, you don't want to lose anybody by 10, 10 something. But yeah, uh, Florida Panthers they were just cruising. Go- I go back to the Leonard Fleury situation when it comes to Vegas. And even in that playoff series, I mean, you, you're alternating goalies in the playoffs. That doesn't make any sense whatsoever. You no, know, because 
two you things need consistency there. in the playoffs. Regular season, it's a bit different. You talk to the goaltenders, you tell them, listen, you know what? You guys are both great goaltenders. We're going to swap games. There might be an occasion where we're going to put you in a back-to-back situation if there's um, uh, days off in between. But other than that, expect to be uh, swapping. There's nothing wrong with that. But in the postseason, no, it's I'm an unwritten rule. You go with one yeah. goaltender. Yeah. And Fleury exactly. deserved to be that goaltender. I think so. I think so. Fleury is, um, you know, here he is again, making it to the postseason yet again. Mm-hmm. You know, now That's it's going to be with the Minnesota about. Wild. It's it's unfortunate that he went through three teams to get to the postseason, but fortunately for him, he goes from Vegas to Chicago and then Chicago to Minnesota. Those other two teams didn't make the postseason, but Minnesota does. Yeah. Yeah. Goaltending, um, so, first and foremost, because you know what? It don't matter how many goals you score, if, if you can't stop the other team from scoring – most times nope. you're gonna lose. Thank you, Captain Obvious. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I, said I most do times worry a little bit. <laughs> um, all right, let me let me let me start with this. What do you think of that Leaf Lightning series, Ron? That's I mean you 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 touched on it, okay? Yeah. They don't have a million dollar player sitting in the closet waiting to come out and make his uh, debut for the year in the postseason like they did last year. Uh, the Tampa Kucherov, Bay Lightning... from last year, right. Yeah, the Tampa Bay Lightning have to do it. And the thing is, is that, yes, there's other teams in the league that just don't want to match up with the Tampa Bay Lightning because the Tampa Bay Lightning have enough core players that have two Stanley Cup rings that, you know, they potentially could do it again. And the Toronto Maple Leafs, they know they're in tough. The Toronto Maple Leafs have made postseason appearances, have failed to make postseason appearances. When they've made it to the playoffs, they've been bounced in the first or the second round, and that's as far as they've ever made it. Last year, it was the Montreal Canadiens that ended the Toronto Maple Leafs run, and that was quick. Um, So you look at the Toronto Maple Leafs now, They've got Austin Matthews, 60-goal scorer. They've got Mitch Marner. They've got all of this supporting cast with the Toronto Maple Leafs. The goaltenders, I'm not going to say are suspect because, I mean, they've got them there. Um, But Jack Campbell is going to have to be exceptional against the Tampa Bay Lightning. John Cooper is the coach of the uh, TBL, and he's going to have that team ready to go, and he's going to remind them that everybody's gunning for them. They've got to get ahead of the game. So with Tampa Bay, they've got to go into Toronto. And Toronto is going to come away with that one um, with huge, huge band support. But when you're living in the center of the universe when it comes to hockey, especially in Canada, that can be a double-edged sword. If the Toronto Maple Leafs stub their toe coming out of the uh, dressing room and onto the ice... Uh, this this could quickly turn sour for them real quick because everybody in Toronto is nervous. Everybody in Toronto knows that this script has been written and rewritten <laughs> and written again, right. and they have not and, made it deep right. into the postseason. And now they're coming in as kind of clear-cut underdogs against the defending stand, two-time defending stand, 
But they've got home ice against the Stanley Cup champions. So, I mean, but they're still considered under. Yeah, but they just lost eight to one to those guys. That's true, too. Yeah. 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 Just a few days ago, they got trounced by Tampa. That's the other thing, though. You have to look at it and go, well, how important was that game? It was important. Don't get me wrong. Everybody knows that that's a potential yeah. first because yeah, that's a potential first round matchup. Back then, that was still a potential first round matchup. And they didn't so you got to go into it strong. Um, the the thing is, Tampa Bay Lightning gets to go in with no pressure None. because they're the visiting team. They only need to win one, and they take home ice advantage away from the Toronto Maple Leafs. And Toronto goes in with all the pressure because of their history. Yeah, exactly. So the Toronto Maple Leafs have to come out gangbusters. I still have Toronto circled as my pick for the first round over the Tampa Bay Lightning. And I would not be surprised um, not- if it happens. I mean, the, the Lightning have been underperforming all season long. They've lost games they shouldn't have lost. But um, this is their time, though. This is their time. The playoffs, yeah, the playoffs are where they shine the most. You are correct, Elliot. Yes. Okay. Okay. Last year, uh, they were they they were in a position where people were wondering if they could make it all the way through, and they overcame and they they did what they did. You know what I'm saying? Well, because they got Kucherov back for the playoffs, as opposed to not having him in the regular season all season long. So Kucherov was 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 a lot of the difference maker in, in last year's playoffs. They don't have yeah, that. But the, goal, the goalie was a huge difference. Well, Vasilevsky well. is one of the best goalies in the NHL. He's not as he's has not been as sharp this season as he was last season at, by far. Well, okay, okay, but let me tell you, let me let me ask you this and see if this has uh, you can lend any credence to it. You win two Stanley Cups. How hyped up are you in the, in the third season? You're just wanting to get through the season so that you can pursue the cup one more time. For the three-peat. For the three-peat. Right. So whatever happened during the regular season, this is the second season. This is a totally different ballgame now. Well, everything changes when it comes to the playoffs, especially in the NHL. It just just like you flip a switch. And he has proven that he is a top-flight goaltender. Yes, he has. When the chips are down. Yeah, absolutely. So – He's been off the field most of the season, though. A year older, though, I do have to uh, worry about him. I mean, the the problem is, is that you look at Carey Price, and everybody thought that he was just getting into his prime. He's now looking at potential retirement. So you look at Vasilevsky, and there you have a goaltender who's got two cups. He's not going to be totally upset if it doesn't happen for a third time. So what you got to do is you got to look at the supporting cast. Do you have lots of young players that are looking for advice inside the dressing room? The answer is no, not on the Tampa Bay Lightning squad. So all you've got is you've got a bunch bunch of guys showing off their two rings saying, yeah, we, we, we can get another ring. We can get another ring. But at the end of the day, you don't have anybody who's hungry for it. Corey Perry I mean, he's not the young player. Corey Perry is the only guy that's hungry in the Tampa Bay Lightning dressing room. Well, and also we got, Mar- you got Maroons. Got, Maroons got three rings in a row as well. So I mean, that's another guy. You know what I'm saying? Because uh, he won with St. Louis before coming to Tampa Bay. So yeah, um, no, exactly. And uh, you know, I'm just I'm not as excited about this year's team as I was the last two years. I really am not. Um, I, if it I happens, I'll be fan, I'll, I'll be ecstatic. Like, if it happens, I'll be ecstatic. But I'm not. I'm not counting on it. I'm not, I'm not, 
you know, I'm not as optimistic as I was the last two seasons. Um, but uh, I'll still stand here and watch game one next tomorrow night, Monday night, 730 on ESPN. I'll be watching um, because it's a great, it's a great matchup. I, I'm looking forward to the matchup. So, in this series. so because of my New York roots, my excitement is leaning towards the New York Rangers right now. As opposed okay, to the I'm going to touch on the New York Rangers in just a second because what I wanted to do is I wanted to use a segue of injuries um, because of Alexander Ovechkin is still a question mark for game right. one. Um, yeah. Florida Panthers are the president's trophy team. Um, that in itself, I don't know why, but it's almost like winning the Jack Adams trophy for being the coach of the year. It becomes it's a curse. It's the curse. Look Absolutely. at the lightning. Four years, the curse. Three years ago, the lightning had the had the, had the, had the president's cup and they lost. They lost to Columbus in the first round. Yes, in the four yeah. straight. And so, if Alexander Ovechkin shows up on the ice in Game One, for sure, no later than Game Two, Florida Panthers are not getting out of the first round. Yeah, Ov okay. is just. I love I love Ovechkin. I think he's one of the most. I think he's the most popular player in the NHL. I love the guy. He's great on and off the off the ice. I love it. You want a definition of hungry. A few years ago, we saw that out of Alexander Ovechkin. Yep. Now he's, you know, he's gray hair. He's still got that, you know, he's still got the hard, heavy hit. He's still got the hard, heavy shot. But at the end of the day, Alexander Ovechkin learned so much by winning that Stanley Cup. Mm -hmm. And I think that the team is going to be one of those ones that is a little bit quieter around the, uh, the postseason. But that's a good thing. You think back, what was it, eight, nine years ago, Los Angeles Kings snuck in and they managed to squeeze out that first round victory and then they just cruised. The most important round is the first round because you have to build on that and you build on it and you build on it and you build on it. Um, so for me, the Washington Capitals and the Toronto Maple Leafs are two teams that are going in tough. And if they get through the first round, that's going to be extremely interesting when it starts getting into the second and the third round. Yeah. Now, real quickly, I'm only going to touch on this, you know, briefly. Carolina Hurricanes is another team that finished top of the squad, and I have a total respect for Rod Brindamore. But there's an unknown with Boston, and I don't know what it is. It's it's in the water. It's in the tea parties. I don't know what it is. But Boston seems to be able to get the job done. And I've got Boston as my dark horse in that first round over the Carolina Hurricanes. What I'm going moving to the West, the favorite. Of well, hang, on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. We got one. We, we got we one. We got about one. Your damn Tampa Bay Lightning. I know. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Ron. Yeah. No. 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 So um, I want to hear what Elliot's thoughts are on Great. potentially potentially the difference maker in this entire series is not Sidney Crosby. It's Staturskin. The goalie. Yeah. Staturskin has been unbelievable. Yeah. He has been. I mean, I have, I look, I follow hockey about as closely as I follow chess or, you know, <laughs> badminton tournaments. Or, or cricket. Or, or cricket. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I probably watch more. Uh, what, what's that one that they play up in Canada? Can't curling. <laughs> curling, yeah. There you go. Curling. I've probably, I've probably been exposed to more curling than I have been to NHL. But um, yeah, I mean that's all I read about when it comes to the Rangers. Is their goalie? Yeah, 
And you know what? There has been proven times, Tim Thomas with the Boston Bruins in 2011. Um, you look at Marc-Andre Fleury. Uh, you know what? It allows Sidney Crosby an opportunity to get through. A Vegas Golden Knights don't make the postseason in their first yeah. year without Marc-Andre Fleury. No. Absolutely not. And we see how the decline went once Andre Marc-Andre Fleury was gone. Yeah. So, I mean, we've already talked about that. But where I'm going with Shesterskin is the fact that this is a goaltender who's, like, young, hot, and he's in there. Cam Ward was another one years ago. Like, I, I could probably pull up a number of goaltenders that never won the Smythe Trophy but are the reason why that team won the Stanley Cup. And for me, I'm not a big fan of the New York Rangers or the Boston Bruins, but – I can see the New York Rangers with Shesterskin doing a great, uh, you know, a, a solid run to the Stanley Cup Finals. I like it. I'll buy it. All right. So now we got about 10 <laughs> minutes, so we'll get into the West. The West is oh, we can run over. Hey, if we run over, it's no big deal, Ron. Yes, no big deal, Ron. So take your time. Take no as much about time that. as you need. Because yeah, I, I want to focus on. I'm going to focus on the favorite, which is the Colorado Avalanche, and then the Edmonton Oilers, which I like as well. Okay, so let's start in the Central Division. Then, of course, there's four divisions, two conferences. The uh, two conferences, everybody knows, you get eight teams from each conference, and they play the first two rounds against each other before you start getting any kind of crossovers. So the, the division matchup with the central division is really interesting because with the wild card spots, you could potentially end up with five teams out of one division and three out of the other. And that's exactly what's happened in the West. The Colorado Avalanche get top uh, seed in the central division. And then you go down that list from the central division. You've got Minnesota with 113 points, St. Louis with 109 Dallas is a wild card team with 98 points, and Nashville is a wild card team with 97 points. So this is this is very interesting because the Central Division teams will have played each other a little bit more than they've played any other division. And in the Pacific Division, you have two Canadian teams in the Calgary Flames, the Edmonton Oilers, and the odd one out is the Los Angeles Kings. So going back and looking at the West, the Colorado Avalanche get matched up with the fifth place team from their central division, eighth in the West, the Nashville Predators. The Nashville Predators managed to squeak in simply because the Vegas Golden Knights could not score a goal. So I worry about the Nashville Predators for obvious reasons against the Colorado Avalanche. The Colorado Avalanche... Well, I've got them written down as uh, I don't like sweeping and predicting sweeps, but that's what I'm seeing. I'm seeing the Colorado Avalanche going 4-0 out of the first round. They're, they're really too good. strong on home ice. They're, they're really 32, good. They're 32-5-4 on home ice. Yeah, they're really good, too. I mean, they're not just So not they're just starting good. at home. They're, they're not going to have a problem. I'm going yeah, to jump... I'm going to jump one series and I'm going to go to the Calgary Flames and the Dallas Stars because that's the other wild card team is the Dallas Stars. The Dallas Stars have tripped their way into the postseason in these last <laughs> 10 games or so. Well, they really have. They stumbled. They, they, 
They've given away wins. They've I'm had sure a hard time. Well, and I apologize to Ken in advance, right? But, uh, <laughs> the, He's the already Calgary upset Flames, over the Cowboys. <laughs> yeah, there, there you go. The Calgary Flames are just too strong without having huge name players. But you've got Manji and Pawnee. You've got um, – uh, uh, sorry – You've got the guy that's going to end up being likely the Consmite Trophy if the Calgary Flames go the distance in Goudreau, Johnny Goudreau. And the thing about the Calgary Flames, they've had to play the Edmonton Oilers lots. So if they end up having to play the Edmonton Oilers at any point in this postseason, that's going to be a, the most interesting series going. Because you've got Connor McDavid, who picks up the Art Ross Trophy yet again. But we'll touch on the Edmonton Oilers a little bit more because he's definitely got the helpers with him with Leon Dreisaitl. But I just, I worry about Dallas. And I mean, it is too bad because they really, they they truly have ended up just stumbling into the postseason. That they finished seventh is a surprise, really. And so John now can't I'm gonna go. Either. Yeah. John, so now I'm gonna go back no. to Mark Andre Fleury. In Minnesota against St. Louis. Mark Andre Fleury has now suited up with the Minnesota Wild. The Minnesota Wild have actually been looking really good. Now the thing with Mark Andre Fleury, he does have Stanley Cup rings, but what he has is he has an immense experience level and understanding of how you have to improve your game in the postseason if you're going to go any any distance. St. Louis Blues, give them credit. They've got the Stanley Cup a couple of years ago. But this one here is going to be one of those ones that you're just going to find out that another goaltender has stolen the show and allowed the snipers that can score to score. The Minnesota Wild are 8-1-1 one, one in their last 10 games. St. Louis Blues, no slouch. They're 7-2-1. And, and Craig Berube will have that team fired up. But I just feel like St. Louis has kind of been in too many of those games where too many goals have been given up here lately. And that's going to be the difference maker. You can't allow the goals in the postseason. Right, because everybody's defensively minded, and it starts with the goaltender, and it goes out from there. So I'm going to say the Minnesota Wild, and then that puts us through to the Edmonton Oilers and the Los Angeles Kings, which is the, well, not necessarily the last one, but the last one we're going to look at. <clears throat> Excuse me for a second. Um, so anyways, the Edmonton Oilers finish second in the Pacific Division with 104 points. That's five better than the Los Angeles Kings, 99. <clears throat> <clears throat> Sorry. <clears throat> Still getting over a little bit of a uh, cold from last month. Uh, the Edmonton Oilers are, are extremely deep. The... Um, the top lines, the top two, the top three lines can just keep rolling and rolling and rolling. And the Edmonton Oilers have, like the Toronto Maple Leafs, 
perhaps one of the most elite younger players in the NHL right now in Connor McDavid. The Edmonton Oilers are going to be a very tough team all the way through the playoffs. The Edmonton Oilers stand the chance to be maybe Canada's best opportunity. They come from what's known as the city of champions. That has faded into the past, obviously, because they haven't won anything at that level since Wayne Gretzky left the city. Right. But uh, the Edmonton Oilers, uh, the the fan base is going to be strong. It's going to be raucous as always. I think, I think the haunting of always winning the draft is over. A number of those number one picks have long since been moved to other teams, allowing Edmonton to try to develop their players on their own instead of ending up with super young players. So the Edmonton Oilers have gained age and experience and depth over the last couple of years. Right. And they don't have they don't have the number of players on their roster that have been stung by not getting through to the postseason or or being told that they are a junior team playing with the majors. And that was that was the past for the Edmonton. So if I'm wrong, it's going to be another case of the Toronto Maple Leafs, you know, where year after year after year they make it to the first two rounds and that's as far as they can go. Right. So there, there's there's kind of my picks. So All right. what is your had a chance to think? Well, I like the believe it or not, I do like the the Panthers in 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 the East. I don't know that. I mean, not, I mean, Florida. It has shown all season long they're a powerhouse. Um, again, like you said, if if Obi comes back in time, the Capitals can give them a give them give them a run in the first round. But the Panthers have shown over and over again uh, how good they are. And again, I, and I know I know the postseason is is the postseason, meaning it's 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 a whole new season basically. It, it, things change in the playoffs. So um, I hope the Lightning can get, can get past the, the, the Leafs, and if they do then I think they're going to do well. If they cannot get past Toronto, you know, I'm not going to be disappointed because they've got back-to-back trophies, so I'm okay with that. Um, as far as the West is concerned. He's hedging his bets. Yes, I am. <laughs> um, as far as the West is concerned, I really like Edmonton. I really like the, the Oilers. Um, Colorado is the team to beat, but I like the Oilers because of the combination of, of Connor McDavid. And, and Leon Dreisaitl, I like that that one-two punch. I really do. They work great mm-hmm. together, and, it, and it's fantastic. So, um, but, I, you know, I'm looking forward to the playoffs. I'm going to watch tomorrow night's game against the Leafs. I'm going to cross my fingers, hope it works out. Um, Austin Matthews is a force, and he is the best player, in, as far as I'm concerned, right now in the NHL. Austin Matthews is, as far as I'm concerned. Um I mean, we've got our stars. We've got Stammer, and we got we got you know uh, Kucherov and Vasilevsky uh, playing. But Austin Matthews is, is a force that has to be dealt with, and he's going to be a problem. So we'll see what happens. Okay. Um, who's your pick, Scott, for Stammer? So real quickly, 
Yeah, who's my pick? I mean, obviously the heart wants to see Toronto and Edmonton make it through to the postseason. Of course but, it does. Of um, course it does uh, with the Canadian roots. Of course it does. Yeah, That's uh, honestly. But if, if I was if I was being like I said, if I was being kind of taking the heart out of it, looking at past experiences and what we've seen in the playoffs and and the different players that come to play it's never the guys that got the art ross trophy it's the supporting cast right and so for me i look at the new york rangers and and i say don't underestimate the new york rangers to find a way to win in front of that goaltender and find other people on their roster to score goals so the New York Rangers, again, like I said, I'm not a New York Rangers fan, but they are a scary good team <laughs> right now with that goaltender. That you are objective, yes. Well, I try to be for sure. And I mean, on the other side, there's just there is just something about the Colorado Avalanche. And again, like I said, I'd love to see the Edmonton Oilers get through. But the Colorado Avalanche, when you look at the bracket, they tend to have a little bit of an easier route okay. to the postseason. So for me, it would be New York and Colorado. Okay. What do you think, Elliot? Any ideas? Again, I'm gonna I'm gonna root for New York. Obviously. Right. Obviously. Uh, I, I I can't discount a defending Stanley Cup champion. I don't think that the Lightning. The Lightning came too close to being bumped out last season. Right. They did. By the Islanders. Yep. Okay. It was a great series, um, by the way. Yeah. And, and I think, like I said, after time, it, it starts catching up. And I just don't see the Lightning making it all the way through. I, if, they can, if they make it past Toronto, I'd be somewhat surprised. But, you know, it is Toronto and their history – uh can prove to be otherwise right um and as far as in the west it's going to come down to i think the oilers and the avalanche yeah that that that's that's my thinking too as far as the west because the oilers and the avalanche are the teams that they're going to meet in the finals conference finals what else you got ron anything else you want to talk about bring up anything just kind of making a couple of notes here. No, I think for the most part, everything is all good. I mean, okay. um, it's it's unfortunate the losses that we've seen here the last little while. First yep. games are tomorrow. May 10th is the start of the uh, the draft for the NHL. So we'll see what ends up happening. Um, it's not – sorry, I'll qualify that. It's we're going to find out who wins the lottery for the draft. Right. The draft hasn't started the 10th. Uh, it wins the lottery, right? After the season. Right? Yeah. So the lottery, just real quickly, the lottery is been changed. So you can't move up more than 10 spots. So essentially a team like uh, the Vancouver Canucks, who are, are 15th, can't get any higher than six. If you're 11th, you can get you. If you're if you're 11th, you could potentially get the first pick overall. The chances are, mathematically, it should be the Montreal Canadiens that get that first pick. Because they were the worst team in the league this year. Unfortunately, yes, they were. <laughs> I know you're. A, I know you're a Canadiens fan. All right. Yeah. Well, oh, well there's a. 
There was a few teams that challenged for that position. I mean, the Arizona Coyotes only had 57 points. The Seattle Kraken only had 60. But um, for sure, 55 points is uh, the best golf score you're going to get in a game of hockey. <laughs> Ron, I, I want to say thank you very much for coming on this week. I really appreciate it. Um, we'll get we'll get with you again or throughout the playoffs. We'll get you back. Wait, 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 wait. I was just getting ready to ask. Ron, I know this is a little premature, but can we entertain the, the hopes that you can join us to update the playoffs for a half hour of Sunday nights during the playoffs? It should be doable. Um, okay. Unfortunately, because I was a little sick earlier in the winter, I ended up canceling my trip to New York for the bike race. So. I won't be going anywhere, so I might as well join you guys for a little half hour sports chat. Works for me. Sounds great. Sounds fantastic. Sounds we'll get if we got if we got John and Ken on the show, it makes it even better. So we'll we'll, we'll reach out to you throughout the week to see what your schedule is, and if you can join us on Sunday nights, we'll bring you in here for a half an hour of 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 playoff hockey hockey recaps. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, absolutely. And if anybody's using my predictions to uh, make some uh, picks, gambling, don't do it. Don't please, do it. No, no, know, know your limit and play within it. <laughs> and don't right. blame me if you lose. Right. All right. <laughs> We're gonna close it out for another Sunday night of the sports nerds. I want to thank my guests, Derek Laughlin and Ron Gallo, for being here. On behalf of my co-hosts, Mr. John G. Olson, Mr. Big E. Lamba, Elliot, and, of course, Ken, who was ill this evening. Uh, I want to thank everybody that showed up. We did have a few viewers on Vim as well this week, as well as we, we are as high as three or four on Facebook, so I'm all right with that. Um, but regardless, thank you, everybody, for showing up tonight. We will it's be back. The replay. Yeah, we will be back next Sunday night, 7.30 Eastern time for the Sports Nerds. And with that, Elliot, please play the outro. Peace. Nation, another Sunday episode of the Sports Nerd Show in the books, and we're actually still alive to tell about. Now, on behalf of our host, Scott, the Sports Nerd, right? John Olson, Ken Coslow, two of our local members in the brand pack, and yes, me, Big E, the entire pack would once again like to thank you all for participating with us in the best 90 minutes of sports smack talk today so until next sunday night dear nation we want to leave you with a quick psa please stay safe please practice social distancing and for heaven's sake please wear a blessed mask you all just got hit with a pack ramp from the rank pack and with that fellas we are out